0: This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Tazriya Mitzorah, Confronting the Consequences. In this week's parasha, we encounter the mysterious disease of tsarat. We learn about the procedure for identifying it and the rituals associated with recovering from it. Rituals whose strangeness can be used to understand a critical lesson about human behavior and particularly human speech. A person who has been afflicted by tzara is completely exiled. Badad yeshev michutz la He is impure, he sits alone, dwelling outside of the camp. Only once he is healed and his body and property have resumed their original appearance does the afflicted person come back into the camp. A week before going home, they participate in a fascinating, and somewhat unusual ritual of purification. V'tivah haKohen v'laKach lamitaher shtei tziporim chayot. Tohu wrote v'eitz eres u'shni tolaat ve'ezov. V'tivah haKohen v'shachatet hatzipor ha'achat el kali cheras al mayim chayim. Atatzipor hachayyah yikach ota v'at eitz eres v'tshni hatolat v'tha ezov. The priest commands, and for the one who is being purified, he takes two live pure birds, along with a branch of the cedar tree, a red thread, and some hyssop. The priest commands and one of the birds is slaughtered over a clay vessel with fresh water. He takes the living bird along with the branch of the cedar tree, red thread and hyssop and dunks them, and the live bird into the blood of the bird that has been slaughtered over the fresh water. And he sprinkles the one who was purified from the tsarat seven times, and he purifies him. Then he sends the living bird out across the field. Much of this ritual is familiar from other sacrifices. The sprinkling of sacred water with a hyssop brush is part of the process for cleansing death impurity. Two birds is the standard sacrifice. And even the taking of two animals, one of which will be sacrificed and one of which will be cast away, is reminiscent of the lottery on Yom Kippur. One goat is designated as a sacrifice for God, while the second is cast into the desert for Azazel. Some of this ritual, however, constitutes a major departure from sacrificial norms. Sacrifices are offered on the altar, but in this case, though one is slaughtered, neither of these birds is offered as one of the recognized categories of korbonot, a sin offering or a burnt offering. Sacrifices are offered on the altar, but in this case, though one is slaughtered, Neither of these birds is offered as one of the recognized categories of korbanot, for example, a sin offering or a burnt offering. Sacrifices are also paid for by the person or people who benefit from them. If I need atonement, if I want to celebrate or commemorate an event, if I have promised God a sacrifice, I have to donate the elements of the sacrifice myself. Yet in this procedure, the verse says, "Vilakach la mitaher." And for the one who is being purified, he takes. The one who is being purified does not purchase the bird, but rather the bird is taken for him by someone else on his behalf. But perhaps the most perplexing detail of all is one that strikes even the reader who is unfamiliar with standard sacrificial rites. In this ritual, the live bird is dipped into water, which is mixed with the blood of the bird that was killed. Although the Torah allows the killing of birds for sacrificial purposes or for food, it commands us to shoo away the mother before taking the young. If the Torah were so concerned for the psychological welfare of the surviving bird in one law, why be so cruel to the live bird in this ritual? There must be an invaluable lesson to be learned from the symbolism of these two birds. Lest the Torah be guilty, of wantonly wasting the life of one bird and traumatizing the other by mandating this ritual. Rabbinic tradition teaches that sarat is a consequence of wicked speech, lashon hara. An examination of and understanding of what characterizes lashon hara can help us understand the drama that these two birds reenact and the lesson that they teach. The Talmud indicates that these birds are representative of the one who speaks, and the one who is spoken about. Amar Rabbi Yehuda ben Levi, Manish Tana mitzora she'amra yavi shtei tipurim letoharato. Amar Baruch Hu hu osa patit lefikach amra yavi korban patit. Rabbi Yehuda ben Levi said, What is different about the mitzora? that the Torah said that he should bring two birds to purify him. The Holy Blessed One said, He did an act of babbling through speaking Lashon Hara. Therefore, the Torah said that he should bring a sacrifice that babbles, i.e. chirps. Rabbi Huda Malevi explains why birds are chosen for this procedure. Birds speak, and so do human beings. The birds represent us. But why do they need to undergo this ordeal? In order to understand this, we need to probe the nature of Lashon Hara. The Rishalmi in Peya explores three aspects of what makes Lashon Hara so dangerous and insidious. Chitzei im gachalei ratamim The arrows of the mighty warrior are sharpened with coal from the broom tree. Kol klei makin bimkoman the Ze ma All coal, when extinguished on the outside, is extinguished on the inside. But this broom tree coal, even when extinguished on the outside, is not extinguished on the inside. Amar bishmuel barachmani ma'ata Ulshoncha shotate Amarlon do garamli. Mahanayalacha shatanoshech Arietoref veochel Zev toref veochel at Mahanayalach Amarlehon im Yashu below lachash. Ilule e tamarli minhasha mayim Nachit Loha vina Mibne ma at noshech ever achan vechol ha evari margishim. Amar Lahem, the Lee Atem sho'alim? Imru Labal Hallashhon, Chahu Omer Khan, Bihargo Baromi, Omer Baromi, the Horeig Basurya. Habishmor Bannachmani said, "We say to the snake, "Why are you walking with your tongue dragging on the ground?" He says to us, "This, i.e. my tongue, has caused me to do so." We say to him, "What benefit is there to you in biting?" A lion devours and eats, a wolf devours and eats. But since a snake does not eat the human it bites, what benefit is there to you? He said to them, does the snake bite without being whispered to? If it were not told to me from the heavens to strike, I would not strike. We say to him, why is it that you strike only one limb, but all of the limbs are affected? He said to them, you're asking me? Speak to the slanderer who speaks Lashon Hara here and kills in Rome. He can speak in Rome and kill in Surya. The image of the eternally burning coals indicates why Lashon Hara can be so devastating. Long after an incident has passed, the story of it, when passed from mouth to mouth, keeps it alive. One shameful character trait, one specific sin, can come to define a person if it is gossiped about, if it becomes part of a person's reputation and constitutive of the way they are perceived. It replaces the narrative that a person has the right to tell about themselves with the stories, true or false, that the person who speaks Lashon Hara wants to tell about them. The flames would die out were it not for the gossip who fans them. A person would be able to start a new life in Rome or Syria, were it not for the speed at which Lashon Hara travels. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani illustrates the evil of evil speech by comparing it to the sinister behavior of the serpent. Just as the venom from a serpent is lethal, so too damaging speech. The poison that human beings emit from their mouths is lethal. Both the serpent and the slanderer kill their victims. Both the serpent and the slanderer are able to affect this damage from a great distance. But the slanderer is worse. The snake bites at God's behest. But the slanderer is acting of their own volition. And this is senseless killing. Neither the snake nor the slanderer necessarily benefits from their damaging behavior. As Rabbi Yehuda ben Levi taught us, the birds in this ritual represent us. Through the process of slaughtering one bird and dipping the live bird in its blood, we reenact the drama of the speaking of Lashon Hara. The ritual forces the one who watches it to vicariously experience the cruelty of their words. One bird, the person who speaks evil, chirps and lives at the expense of the person who dies on account of those words. One who speaks Lashon Hara is effectively experiencing what the live bird experiences, wallowing in the pain of another being and then flying away. This other bird did not deserve to be killed. It did not die for good reason. And were it not for the divine intervention of the tarat, it would have flown away with impunity. It is especially the case with Lashon Hara that the perpetrator needs to come face-to-face with their actions, because part of what makes Lashon HaRa so easy to engage in is that it takes place behind the back of its victims. When I speak ill of someone else, I don't see the effect that my carelessness or maliciousness has on them. I don't see their face fall. I don't see the panic that flashes in their eyes. And I certainly don't see the effect that my words can have months or years down the line. We speak lashon Harab because we don't feel bad when we speak it. And to the contrary, we feel good. Gossiping is fun and entertaining. It bonds us with the people we speak it to. And it makes us feel better than the people we speak it about. We can convince ourselves that whomever we're speaking ill of deserves it. We can convince ourselves that because we don't mean any harm, That means that, in fact, we aren't causing any harm. The Torah teaches in Parashat Mishpatim that the usual penalty for stealing is to pay a fine of double. If I steal an ox from you, then I repay you the value of two oxen. However, if I don't limit myself to just stealing your property, but I even go so far as to slaughter or sell the animal that I stole from you, the fine goes up to four times the value of a sheep and five times the value of an ox. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai explains the disparity in these two payments, why I pay more for an ox than a sheep. Amar Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, urei kama gadol kivot ha-briyot, shor she'alach <laughs> beraglav, chamisha, al-katefo, arba'a. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said, Come and see how great human dignity is. The theft of an ox, which walked on its own legs as the thief stole it, incurs a fivefold payment. Whereas the theft of a sheep, which the thief carried on his shoulders, incurs a fourfold payment. The experience of carrying the sheep counts as a type of payment because the thief experiences the shame of what he's done. He literally feels the weight of his crime on his shoulders. So when he comes to court to pay the penalty for his crime, the function of which is to deter him from committing the sin again, he has already absorbed some of the lesson. He is already less likely to steal again because he has himself carried the sheep. He is not removed from the crime he has committed. One who slanders, however, is removed from their sin and they need to be brought to see it, to experience it, albeit through the vicarious drama of these chirping birds. But why doesn't the slanderer, the talebearer, the gossip, bring his own sacrifice? Why doesn't he have to pay for it out of his own pocket? Lashon hara is only spoken if it is heard. If there aren't willing ears, the problem of evil speech would dry up of its own accord. The person afflicted with Sarat doesn't have to pay for these birds because there is a third bird in the drama. In addition to the victim, the bird who dies, the perpetrator, the bird who flies, there is the bird who observes, we, who enable and who listen to things that we ourselves wouldn't say and would prefer not to hear. It is ill-advised at best, cruel and obnoxious at worst to interrupt someone who is speaking Lashon Hara and ask them to stop. Good manners and kindness often force us to engage in conversations that are uncomfortable. But good manners don't force us to endorse this speech. Don't show interest in the conversation. Don't extend the conversation by asking follow-up questions. Gently redirect the conversation. Evil speech thrives on the remoteness of its consequences, on its veneer of innocence. Society as a whole enables it, and the ritual outlined in our Parsha forces us to confront the ways in which we too, even in our silence, are complicit. Wishing you a Shabbat of sacred speech. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly de to see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org/tora.